there was a headline yesterday on stars it said but the way it was written all it said was widespread panic 86 and humid <laughs> i don't know i thought it was funny <laughs> Welcome to $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Varnum. Joining me today, we've got everybody here. Uh, we have got Big Mike. Woo! Cookie. Yeah, boy. Who is not dead. Nope. I dead. just want to let you guys know that he's not dead. We totally thought he was dead. We I'm thought here. he was dead last week. We thought he I'm... fell into a ditch and never came back. We thought he aspirated his own vomit. Another and it was casually. Nope. Alive. And I'm finally... Tolbert, the most angry person of our group today. I'm, I'm angry. I'm tired. I'm confused. I have more, <laughs> I have more questions than answers. You can't. At this point. <laughs> for a man who's seen everything, you, you he was can't not prepared. Cancel for, lunch. He was can't not, cancel lunch. He was not prepared for last night. Uh, Tolbert, what, what, what's wrong? Why are you in the mood you're in? Fucking hippies, man. I wouldn't even say hippies. Not even hippies. I, I take hippies or, or wookies or wooks from from the planet Kashyyyk. Spread heads from the planet Kashyyyk. <laughs> yes, real so, wookies. So, guys, widespread panic has been in town for the past three nights. Okay, playing sold out shows. There's one more show tonight. Last night was the peak of of the trip. I should say the Saturday pinnacle. night. What a have. long, strange <laughs> trip it has been. So our, our bartender, everyone knows our bartender, Kate Fair Wine and Beer. And we are located on North Front Street, the first one of the first bars you hit when you exit this venue. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if anyone's familiar with widespread out there, but they're like a second generation Grateful Dead almost with uh, the, the tribes of people that follow them and their fans are. Uh, what, what makes them different from like a band like Fish? I don't think much makes them different from a band like Fish. So I think there's a lot of crossover. Okay. From what I've seen and heard, and, and, and get ready because but, the Trey right, Anastasio so the band. There's so many jam bands out there. Every band has their different different tribe. Okay. Some of them don't like the others. Some you know, right. crossover, but <laughs> right. everyone's got their thing. It's like ECW yeah. fans, AEW fans, WWE exactly. fans. Exactly. So the widespread fans, um, you have you have a couple different types. You have the straight up. Wookies, as we call them, are they These, call is is a Wookie specifically for widespread panic? No, it's for jam band fans in general. If you Urban Dictionary it, it's someone that is. I read it yesterday. Yeah, and it doesn't was like, have a job. Right, follows the band around. And they sell does their, ketamine. Yeah, they sell their wares. You yeah. know, and they they just follow them around the whole country. Like right? how, okay. how is ketamine a. a, a well, not even ketamine. How, I want to know about ketamine. Though. How like, do they, I don't why know much about ketamine. Why is ketamine like a hippie drug? They, they like that shit, I, man. I'm just so confused about the economy of like band roadies, kind of, or what are they? What yeah. are they called? The people that follow groupies. So, groupies. So you sell your wares, right? Yeah, they sell. But you are likely selling your wares to the same people that are also following this band around the country. No, no. See, all right. So here's the levels. Yeah. Here's the levels you got, Mike. You got, you got the looks. You got the people that follow them around that are just like into it. They're selling artwork and shit. Like I saw like people. Beads and rocks yeah, and shit. And they sell them to the Do people that are Do they have people over the them? Show. Is this a, a pyramid scheme? Maybe. It might be. <laughs> That's a pyramid so, scheme? Right above that, you have like the fucking... I don't know. It's like next level, which they the have Grand jobs. Wizard They're mostly in college. <laughs> you know, you tie-dye t-shirts and dreadlocks. You know, you got the younger crowd that's into it, you know, and they're just trying to have a good time. They have no obligation. Then you got the older crowd. Most of them were in frats. 
and, and things like that. And they went to Lollapalooza and you I, know they've been there the whole time okay. and they're big fans or hippies or tripping balls, but they got money and they've got good jobs and they come to the bars and they spend a lot of money. I'm talking like a lot of money. Um, you know, and they're cool. They're cool. So you got the different levels, but when you mix them all together and shake them up, man, it doesn't make a goddamn bit of difference. But uh, what, what kind of like this music? I I have been familiar with the name mm-hmm. Widespread Panic, and I know a lot of people are into it. And there's like this big resurgence of Grateful Dead that I have seen over the last I saw couple of months. So many. If I had a dollar for every Grateful Dead crossover or parody shirt. I saw yesterday. Uh, yeah. I'm wearing one right now. I, I could fucking, <laughs> I could fucking retire. Yeah, but mine's like it's Boldacano, so yeah. it, it's a little different. I saw a Carolina Panthers Grateful Dead <laughs> crossovers. Dude, you wouldn't believe the shit I saw. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> so, but I go into work yesterday, and I, I'm parking as the people are making their way to the amphitheater. Is it like um, a zombie? It is, like, and, it, and there's tie dye and dreadlocks and. And wagons of people pulling their artwork around. Did you smell patchouli? Lots of patchouli. Okay. Lots of ganja. Oh Jesus! Um, you see people. You would think that this is your. This is this is your are, tribe. No, 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 no. See, in many tribes partake in the cannabis, but you know, I'm a stoner metal guy. I know. You know? Oh, I know. There, yeah, there is total a little, death metal kind. I'm of stuff. a death metal stoner metal jam band <laughs> kind of guy, and there is a little crossover. I will admit, with is the, there? in the music and stuff, there's a little. Bit. I've been seeing it a lot in wrestling too. Yeah. Like, there's a there's but, a Grateful Dead wrestling group that I'm like kind of weird about. <laughs> But yeah, we, we don't get along. We don't mesh well. You know, I, I might pass a joint to you, but I might just say, no, nah, I'm good, dog. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> but anyway, the concert starts. Bar's pretty quiet because you've got, I don't know, what, 30, 20, 30,000 people? Dude, it looked like so fucking yeah. many people. So you're standing around, you're waiting. You're waiting. And at you the know. end of, yeah, you, you know, know it's, it's coming, right? Like, so God damn it, when's it going to happen? None of the locals are coming out because they know what's going on downtown. You know, it, it's deserted. Uh, so you're waiting around. You stock everything up. And you just get ready and wait. Like, all right. Well, when the show lets out, it's cued by fireworks, right? They yeah. So that's fireworks, they fireworks every show. night. I every did, night. I did yeah. hear the fireworks last night. I mean, it's like, is that fireworks? I was like, yeah, it's yep. probably the concert. Yeah. So or the good, gunshots good, of Tolbert. Good, like, good luck, Tolbert. The zombies. So you're standing there. Let me set the scene. You're standing there. You hear the fireworks mm. and you just go, oh, goddamn. And then when you step out and look down Front Street, you see literally a sea of people <laughs> coming down the street. I just, I just love that Tobert is like setting up Cape Fear like he's like the Union Army in Gettysburg. It's like, hold boys. It's like, we got, we got the high ground. Don't shoot till you see the blacks in their eyes because their pupils are at the side of their face. <laughs> like he's just, he's just ready. He's like, hey, they're coming. They're coming. We got to be so ready. They, come, they invade. They go straight for the jukebox. They play their music. And they start ordering, but every single person that comes in is high as balls, not on weed, but on various other substances. Ketamine. So, yeah, not so much ketamine because they'd be passed out of the bar, but mushrooms, lubes, acid. What did you say, Cookie? Ludes. L- I don't think the way the are still around. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I think you got to find those in like an <laughs> like antique store in a pharmacy yeah, bottle. Quaaludes, I think, were like banned in, in the, the 80s. 90s. Yeah. 80s or 90s. So anyone that oh, comes and orders a beer, their eyes are huge. They don't know what's going on. They, ha- they Seriously, you have to like hold their what's hand. What's good them. here, bro? Dude, I was just literally handing, here's beers. You know, take this. Get the fuck out of my face, right? <laughs> I had to kick two guys out. The two guys I had to kick out last night were the oldest ones in the group. 
first one, this guy comes in and he's got like the Tibetan wrap <laughs> skirt thing on, right? The mayor thing? Oh, yeah. God. Got, like this weird tie-dyed shirt on, man, and a fedora. And he comes in. He's got a fistful of flowers, right? Oh, this motherfucker walks up to the bar and asks for a cup of water for his flowers. No. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. That's the first thing. Can I get a cup of water for these flowers? Hey, can you get the fuck out? <laughs> <laughs> so... We give this guy a beer, man. And as soon as I give him a beer, my doorman, he goes outside. My doorman's like, this guy's done. Like, no more. He's cut off. Right. So he, he's sitting there being weird for a second. Next thing I know, I looked up. This motherfucker has walked behind the bar. He is behind the bar. Dude, those he, are fighting words. Yeah. He's behind the bar. Right? It's like in, in professional wrestling. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't go in the ring. No. Yeah, you don't. And start, what you yeah. do, if you do, if you get hit. Oh, it's, it's full. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you're allowed to do it. You're allowed to. Uh, I, I could have. You so swung, so, about. Yeah, I was saying, did you swing on this dude? No, he was like 60. Uh, <laughs> the, you still you should have gave him a fucking The crowd would have definitely kid. turned on me. <laughs> guy. Dude, that would have been crazy. <laughs> so uh, my coworker just goes, hey, get the fuck out, right? So he goes, oh, oh, like he has no idea what he has done or where he's at. <laughs> like, <laughs> He exits from behind the bar and, and sits down. As I'm walking up, he on the sits floor down. or no, in the at, at the bar. Okay. <laughs> like, why would you think? No, you're out of here. Don't no, don't sit down. And he goes to grab a beer that's not his. And as he grabs it, I snatch it out of his hand. He's like, "Whoa, man, chill out, man." <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, you gotta go." And he quietly exits the premise. Did he take his flowers? He did take his flowers. He asked me for a wet paper towel to put around him. I was like, get the fuck out. <laughs> Second guy, he was tripping balls. He was probably 60. I kept what being, the fuck? I kept wow. hearing, like, these pops. I'm like, what the fuck is that noise? It was loud as hell. What the fuck is that noise? This guy was sitting at the end of the bar throwing snapping pops at people across the bar. I mean, that is pretty funny. I will, I will, I will admit it. <laughs> Once we figure out what's going on, we're just like, hey, get the fuck out. <laughs> And he's Jesus like, Christ. man, I'm sorry, man. As I'm mopping and sweeping, then I'm stepping on snapping pops oh, and geez. they're popping while I'm trying to clean up the bar. Just insult the injury at that point. Yeah. Um, also, I, I've got to tell the story before I wrap it up here. Uh, Thank you, <laughs> So we've been dealing with this all week. These people have been in town all week, right? Ugh. I have this one girl. She comes in pretty late. We had kicked her out earlier because she was wasted. She comes back later in the evening. And, and she sobered up. Uh, slightly, but she might have taken some other other substances, <laughs> some other substances to sober okay. up. Anyway, her her boob falls out <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> was it a nice boob? And it, it was. It was okay. Um, so her, her boob is just out, right? <laughs> I'm not talking oh like a nip slip. I'm not talking like oh full on titty out at the bar, dude. <laughs> And she's looking at me going, why won't you serve me? <laughs> I'm like, no, you. I'm sorry. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying not to lose my shit. And I'm, like, I'm just like motioning to her. I'm like, man, no, I'm man. sorry. You can't serve me. But she continues to argue with me why I won't serve her the whole time her boob is out. Uh, I'm like, I'm did sorry, you maintain man. eye contact or did you look at the boob? Oh, I looked at the boob. I, <laughs> I was, it's so alarming. You're like, what the fuck is going on right here? But uh, eventually she uh, readjusted herself and exited the premise. What the fuck? Set the stage what's been going on in Wilmington all week. Ha has it been like this? Holy shit. It's, like, it's been like this since like Wednesday. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it, man. But yeah. And if you go downtown right now, there's lots of tie dye. 
lots of just freaky people. Freaky people. Hey, Tolbert, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. <laughs> uh, I feel sorry for all my service industry and bartender friends this weekend. Hey, guys, hold fast. We got one more night of this shit. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, and, and we're going to go from one shit show to another. Cookie, how was Las Vegas? Uh, Aaron, uh, Las Vegas, I think, is... I would describe it as the unkempt belly button of the United States of America. <laughs> yes. Um, it is disgusting, Aaron. Uh, it's a yeah. one-time experience. Uh, it's much like Myrtle Beach. You go one time and you're good. I lived in Myrtle life. Beach for seven years, Cookie. Yeah. Well, Aaron, I, you're a better man than I am. Is what I will say. Because <laughs> I don't think I could live in Vegas. Uh, the parties were amazing. The party favors are amazing. Um, there is the world's largest weed dispensary there. Really? So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's in Vegas. Um, I broke even, so yeah. I didn't lose any money. So I'm, yeah, I'm pretty winning, happy baby. about that. That's winning. Yeah, that's winning for me. Were you using your time. GoFundMe uh, dollars for that? I did not use my GoFundMe <laughs> dollars for that. I used my Robinhood account for that. What took you to Vegas? Like, what was it? Anything specific or you were just going? What was the reason you were there? Oh, we, we went for a bachelor party. Bachelor party. Okay. okay. You yeah. were dressed yeah. seven nines. Yeah, you yes. look nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, we went for that night. We went to go see Lil John. We got we dressed up. Saw Lil John? Oh, my God. Yeah, we saw <laughs> Lil John. That's why he didn't wake up last Sunday. Dude, it was. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was fucked up from like eight o'clock to like eight to eight. I think it was like 12 hours. It was ridiculous. How long, Cookie, how long were you in Vegas? Four days. Four days? Yeah, four days of Vegas. That is, four days? That is 48 hours too many. Yeah. yeah. Vegas is a, you, you go in, you do your thing, you get out. It's you a gotta, strike mission kind of. We, we, did, yeah. we did our Vegas trip with the rugby team. We won't go into all the nitty gritty details. Um, 48 <laughs> hours. At, at, and at 46 hours, I was looking at our friend and said, I want to go to the airport right now. I've had enough. I need an IV. I've had enough. <laughs> I'm ready to go home. 48 hours is all you need in Las Vegas. That's exactly how I felt. Literally how I felt. Oh my I was, god! I was ready to go after two days. I can't. I have a buddy that recently just spent nine days. Nine in Vegas. days. What? Do you, what do you do how for do you nine do? days? How do you survive? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. But you spent nine days. I mean, you can't. You just can't. Your body physically can't do Las Vegas, like strip Vegas, more than forty-eight hours. Like I don't know yeah. what else you do. It's expensive. Too much. It, it it takes years off your life. Yeah, here it is expensive. Like it, outside of casinos, it's like fifteen dollar drinks and shit like that. I mean, I even am... even in the casinos, it's a... oh, dude. You want to know what they're charging for drinks at this amphitheater last night? Big Mike, oh, this is no. gonna make his blood boil. This might make a shit list. Oh yeah, fifteen dollars uh -oh. a beer or something. Like that? Fifteen dollar tall boy PBRs at this what new amphitheater. The... PBRs, PBR, fifteen, fifteen dollars. That's Live Nation oh, for you, man. Live Nation, like, they're just running that shit. I mean, because they're running. The no wonder why. Uh, uh, what. What's his name? Drinks Coors uh, Ice. What, what's uh, what are you talking about? No, the guy, uh, the bleeder. GCW yeah, guy. the fucking idiot. Uh, oh, I saw that tweet. It was oh, fucking hilarious. A fucking course you drink. <laughs> Dude, when, when a, so, so what funny. is his name? It's uh, he, he's the famous hardcore wrestler. He's the Nick guy. Gage. Nick, Nick Gage. Nick Gage. Yeah. Nick Gage. I said yeah. Matt so, Gage. So he, yeah, he tweeted out that he was like trying to get a sponsorship because like PBR has been like tweeting about him around him or something like that. And he says he's normally a natty ice guy. <laughs> PBR, the actual like company's Twitter handle goes, of course, you're a natty ice guy. Hey, of, fucking of, of course, of course, you're a natty ice guy. 
<laughs> I dude, I love a good corporate Twitter. Oh, Honestly, like some of these companies, I don't I don't know if it's the same company that runs these social. No, media it's accounts, not. But like Wendy's has a good one. Arby's has a good one. The Cleveland Steakums has a great the, one. Cleveland Indians have a great Twitter account. Like some of the sports teams have amazing Twitter like like accounts. And dude, PBR saying, oh, fucking course you drink Natty <laughs> Ice. is <laughs> just so electric. Cookie, do you remember much from Las Vegas? Uh, I remember everything but my first day there. Oh. I don't remember my first night there. We uh, took a bunch of party favors and went to an outdoor Tiesto concert. Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. So in the same fucking weekend, you went to a Little John concert yeah. and a fucking Tiesto set. God damn, yeah. Cookie. Yeah, we went to a Tiesto set on Friday night. It was a pool party. It was fucking nuts, man. That sounds like two of the things I would least like to do yeah, in slippery. Las Vegas. It very slippery. Very cookie, slippery. you can't swim. <laughs> I hey, what if you fell in the pool, Cookie? Oh, I stayed out of the pool. I, uh, I, just, I watched everyone have fun. Disgusting. Can you imagine Cookie just tripping balls, drunk as fuck, wearing floaties on his arms? Yes, <laughs> just, I could. Just in case. I could. I could. I'm imagining it right now. It's like, Cookie, how'd you get the clap? Did you hook up with a prostitute? No, I got in the pool. I got you. Yes, no concert. <laughs> I fucked sure up. I should have gone there. Hepatitis C. Yeah. Oh, anyways, uh, Mike, uh, you can't top either of these. I uh, know um, my life is fucking boring <laughs> and we can move on. <laughs> Maybe we could score you a ticket to this wide, final widespread set I, tonight, brother. Hey, I, come come to the bar. If you put the kids to bed, I'm say, like, Amanda, you work tonight. Yeah. Come to the bar around 1030. I may, I'm honestly, it might be worth it just to people watch. I would like for you to take notes. Like, if you go take notes, yeah, I, it, do you I, work tomorrow? I, I do. I have to look at what time I work tomorrow, but it might be worth it just to fucking see the people. I, I We're trying to gauge the cow, crowd because last night was definitely the pinnacle of yeah. the event. It was fucking crazy. Well, Saturday you know, night. well, so so we, tonight well, it's it's the hardcore people like the, the yeah, third night is going to be for three days. It's yeah. going to be the really bad. So yeah. well, crowd. So, so Friday afternoon, Tolbert and I got drinks with some friends and I, I bought some beers and I'm like carrying them back to my car and. It was before the, the big crowd started, but like I could see people trickling in and there were some and somebody was like, PBR, nice. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, brother. And I'm like, these people because like everybody I was because I was walking towards the amphitheater to where my car was parked and like there was already crowds like <sighs> making their way towards the thing. You've got another titty story? <laughs> I know. I saw a motherfucker on two cell phones at one time last night <laughs> sitting at the bar. My coworker nudges me. She goes, is that motherfucker on two cell phones? This guy was on two cell phones, tripping his ass off, talking on two cell phones at one time. Talking because he didn't know how to make a three-way call. I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, my I don't God. Know. And everyone's just like, thank you for being here, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you. Did they at least tip well, Tolbert? Yes, they there did. You, go. you so make some money well. to, to yeah, pay for the child. Don't even know what the fuck is going on. Hey, <laughs> can I tell you a good name, uh, Tolbert, that is both you can use for we've guys been, or girls? We've been debating names, yes. Dory. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Dory Tolbert. <laughs> Dory. Speaking of Dory. Good set. Tell the people, man. Boys, uh, this week, I did not know I was getting a package in the mail from UPS. I open it up, and it is a beautiful package from Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, the LVAC, one of the top professional wrestling screen printing places in all of America. 
We got our shirts in, boys. They're beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous shirts on a beautiful mod uh, uh, shirt. It has got the one, the only Japanese sex god, the man, the myth. What did you say? No, the man, the legend, zero myth, because he's legit. Okay, yeah, zero myth. Zero, zero myth. myth. Zero myth. There is no myth. This man was the sex god of Japan. Through the Absolutely 80s. gorgeous t-shirts. Cookie, I'd give you one, but you're not here. I'm going to have to mail it to Colorado. Send you two, one for Diane, and Diane's going to be like, I'm, I'm not. I'm wearing mine. He's going to be like, who's this? Fuck yeah, you are. And you're going to be like, uh, Dory Funk. Boys, and we've gotten questions. It's like, you guys talk about Terry all the time. Why did you do a Dory <laughs> Funk shirt? Why not, man? Because that's yeah. how we are. That's how we, we are. Nice. They're how we absolutely gorgeous shirts. Very yes, good. Um, if, if you know us, you listen to us, uh, holler at us on social media. We'll give you the Venmo stuff. We'll and we be can... uh, in the parking lot of Fight for the Fallen <laughs> we, I will at be... the Bojangles <laughs> Arena. I will be making money for us to buy merchandise at. We're just going to trade in. I'm going to be selling FDR my stuff. wares. <laughs> I'm going to be like a widespread You're a guy. Be a I'm a Wookiee. You're a wrestling AEW Wookiee. I am going to be a wrestling Wookiee. You are wearing a Grateful Dead parody. Of Nakano. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to be out there and I am going to be just just selling my wares. It's going to be fun. Hopefully, people will buy the Dory Funk shirt. I'll make shirt. up uh, $2 get... steak dime bags. You're going to sell your words. You got to get there early. Oh, we're getting there early. We've got a whole plan. We're, we're going up. We're eating at Lang Van, a get delicious Vietnamese. Uh, Vietnamese place. We're going Phenomenal. straight to the arena. We are going to get some beer. And we're going to have some fun. We're going to tailgate at the arena. Yes. I have Tober to get... I, Tober, I know how to tailgate wrestling. Uh, we have to we have to check in. We got a, a little apartment. That's in, uh, right. In the noted district. We can go to Mac Tabby nice. Cafe and get another uh, cat. Yeah, there is get. there is a cat cafe. He's being very Airbnb. being very cute right get, now. Get that man a microphone. Look at him. He's Terry, like one of the boys. Terry, talk to it. No, he's just looking at me. He's just being cute. But we're going to be selling our wares at the, the thing. It's it's a very exciting day. Uh, do we all wear the same shirt? Are we going to look like a family reunion? Or? I thought the plan was that we all wear a favorite wrestling parody shirt. Like, Oh, mine now is the Dory Funk shirt. Yeah, I'm I mean, probably going to wear it, my Stone Cold shirt. Yeah, if you're wearing it, you got to. If you're selling it, you got to wear it. Okay. But uh, I feel like you guys should wear the wrestling shirts that embody your appreciation right. for the sport. So I, I will have my probably my Nakano or, or whatever. I have to deliver. I have talked to a couple people that are on the AEW roster. FTR love the shirts, and uh, I am actually delivering them to them that night. That night, because they don't have anything better else. To they do. have nothing else to do that night. Probably not booked. They're not booked. They're not, They're not booked. booked. So Nobody likes them, right? So when you go to these type of events, though, Mike, the the more obscure the wrestling shirt is, shows how big of a fan you are. I know, are. dude. I'm telling Obscurity you, Dory's too. pretty obscure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you. Are you selling for twenty or twenty-five? Uh, we're doing twenty-five. Twenty-five dollars. Hit us up on social media at number two dollars take underscore on Instagram or Twitter, or find the boys in the parking lot at the Bojangles Arena. That's right, uh, <laughs> Cookie. I wish you could be here, but you're not. I wish I could, too, man. I, I sent a gif of how I feel. Uh, it was Kermit the Frog jumping off a building. That's how I feel about not being there <laughs> you watching almost, Fight for the Fallen. You almost made some drunken plans to fly cross country to attend. I was thinking about it. <laughs> I, I have a voucher that I need to use, and I've been thinking about it. Uh, boys, uh, also, this week, coming up this week, uh, Thursday, I believe, is my 35th birthday. Jeez. 
So for this week, I'm going to give you guys like a little rundown of like what sort of things that I, we have done Friday night, Jasmine and I, uh, before I, I left work about 30 minutes early and we went right across the street. We had delicious pool time over at the Legion Stadium public pool. Dude, that place was packed. I drove by Friday. It was packed. It was so much fun, though. We, we just laid out. We, we had a great time at the pool. Yeah. We got there uh, at 430. The uh, Google says it closes at six. It closes at five. <laughs> <laughs> so Jasmine and I jumped in. Uh, we, we stayed there for about 30 minutes. We got done. We had reservations at Saltfish in Carolina Beach. Absolutely delicious I saw your food. Text, you texted Katie the menu. I, it, the menu is insane. I also enjoyed uh, your experience at Saltfish. I, I have to explain that because Jasmine <laughs> and I, it, it, it was a very, so we're on Carolina Beach. Carolina Beach, not Wookiees, but actual tourists here in the area. It is peak tourist season. Um, we sit down. We They're had to call critical mass. critical mass. This place is a very small restaurant. It is a Polynesian restaurant. Uh, what Jasmine got was this um, Polynesian shrimp dish served in half a pineapple. Absolutely delicious. Just a great meal. The place is called Saltfish. We're sitting and the place is packed. We're sitting in there and we hear the tourists beside us say, hey, I just want to give you a heads up. I am very allergic to seafood. <laughs> oh, fucking course. What? I am very allergic to seafood. And why the fuck are you at a restaurant then? That's called saltfish in yeah. on the ocean. I, I I hate tourists. I then sat there, um, and I think it was like maybe the children, the second generation of these tourists. A table over was the first generation, and this man walks over with four fingers to talk to his kids. <laughs> He's got four fingers. And I'm just like, Jasmine, this guy's got four fingers. She's like, what? And I'm like, this, Jasmine, he's got four fingers. He has no pinky. And he comes up and he's like, yeah, I got the blah, blah, blah. I got the blah, blah, blah. They don't have ranch dressing. And I, I'm, I, this is bullshit. They don't have ranch dressing at this Polynesian restaurant. I'm like, I don't think that. The- I don't think that. Yeah. yeah, it's not a Midwest restaurant. So we then go, we, we finish it up. We do another tourist thing. There's this place in Carolina Beach. I was looking up ice cream shops. There's this place called Squiggly's. Have you heard of Squiggly's? Is it the trailer, the soft serve trailer? It is near? not a soft serve. Tra- uh, it is a soft serve double decker place. It's got a, a gift shop on top ooh. that that woman kept saying, y'all got to go to the gift shop after you get your ice cream. And I'm out. like, I don't want your fucking wares. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get you. Do I look like a tourist? <laughs> I'm from this area. <laughs> I don't need to remember the time that I went to Carolina on a beach <laughs> get your snow globe I go, I go into this place it's the most complicated ice cream shop i've ever been to she's like you get here you got to order a squiggly and i'm like what the fuck is a squiggly well it's it's soft serve they basically make blizzards right gotcha. they make they make blizzards you get a, a, a base of vanilla you you put in all your fixings and they make it to you into a squiggly thing and um so that's it. So I had to ask her. It, it, it's a soup Nazi like line. I'm starting to have a panic attack because this woman's like, what do you want? <laughs> what kind of squiggly you want? And Jasmine, who does not do processed ice cream very well because of the lack, the lactose was like, hey, do you have any vegan options? She's like, yeah, we've got the fruit squiggly. And we're like, OK, what is that? She's like, well, we just take five different fruits and blend them together. Like, 
What? That just sounds like a, like, <laughs> it's a smoothie. smoothie. Yeah, it's a parfait <laughs> or a smoothie. And she's like, yeah, it's a fruit squiggly. Jasmine gets it. I'm like eating mine. I'm like, it's fine. And Jasmine's like, this fucking sucks. Wow, way to blow up Squiggly. Stop calling it Squigglies. Yeah. Hey, Squigglies, fuck you. I will say that Squigglies was was named in the top 20 ice cream shops on the Today Show in 1998. Ooh, 98. 1998. Wow. It was number seven. 24 years ago, 23 years ago. Yeah, they still have that logo up. This place has not changed in ever since it opened. I'm not a big Squigglies fan now. This place has not changed since Limp biscuits two dollar bill y'all yeah <laughs> i mean it, it must have been like the charts i've lived here for seven years i've never heard of squigglies yeah well i had uh, growing up here i'd heard about it because uh, you want some good soft serve man you head towards the veggie wagon and cb and you hit that double wide trailer there next to the apparently the celtic creamery is at. also good okay anyways uh ice cream do we now. have anything else now do we do we have any other things that we need to touch on because i think this has been a very long opening <laughs> Longest segment. intro ever uh, yeah but i mean it had to be right it had to be Why we we didn't didn't has been here for three days we didn't get Tobert to saw a titty at the bar like yeah. just, just, i mean i see titties at the bar a lot but oh, oh, this oh. Was <laughs> i do have one more story and jasmine's gonna get pissed that i'm i'm telling this but i think yeah, it's very good. endearing and i like it a lot and i appreciate it okay uh tuesday night jasmine said or Friday night, Jasmine says, I still don't know what I'm like. She struggled to get me something for my birthday. It's that old adage. What do you get for a man that has everything? <laughs> what do you get for the man child? That everything. Everything. And I'm one of those people that like, if I want it, I'll, I'll buy it. Like, I, I don't need. So I'm, I'm like, Jasmine, just get it. Make, make an experience for me. OK, we'll, we'll do an experience. And she says, all right, well, Tuesday, you cannot go to rugby practice. And I'm like. That's fine. I'm fine with that. I don't, I, like rugby has sucked for the last yes. couple of weeks. Nobody has come to practice except for me and like two other people. Uh, she's like, okay, so what I'm going to do is get a, we're going to get an Airbnb. We're going to do a staycation. It's going to be great. I'm going to give you a massage, like a full on massage. And like, it's, it's she's going to cook me dinner. It's going to be great. And um, sounds awesome. it sounds amazing. Right. I'm like, yeah, cool. Like what exotic location is this Airbnb? She's like Harrison Street. <laughs> uh. It's literally half a block down the road. I walk by it on my walk every day, and I'm like, "That's a cool house. Like, it's a cool looking house." Uh, it's just half a block down the street, and I'm like, "I can check on Terry. Like, if, if I need to, I can go or like do everything that I need to do the same. If I need to come back, we're getting her sister to take care of the cat that night, and I'm yeah. like, literally, if anything happens, I'll be there." In 30 yeah. seconds. Because uh, folks at home, our $2 studios is on, on Harrison Street. Street. <laughs> in a small neighborhood. <laughs> so I'm very excited about my Airbnb experience. It's going to be great. Uh, and if we need anything, we can come back to the house, pick it up. Like if we need olive oil, this is the kind of staycation that I like. Like I don't have to clean up that house after. Low impact. Oh, man. Perfect. All right, so wait, wait, wait! Don't you still need to clean up the house? You can't just leave it That's dirty and move for it, dog. That's what the Airbnb experience is, Cookie. I didn't even know that. Like, I always clean. You know, I feel like I clean up doors. a little bit. Yeah, I'm not gonna. It's not. It's not gonna be a blacklight uh, like festival. <laughs> like, oh, okay. it's gonna get greasy in there. <laughs> that's what. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> uh anyways, so let's actually start talking about some wrestling. Uh, this week, we got the news: one, Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff passed away. He is a, a very underrated wrestler. So underrated. I was thinking about this on the way over here, right? Hot take. 
Why was Paul Orndorff not Hulk Hogan? Like he should have been that. I literally person. thought the same thing. He should have been that person. Like that. that's who Hulk Hogan should have been. Was Paul Orndorff? Yeah. And a lot of people. The, the argument <laughs> is that Paul Orndorff should have been the man to end Hulkamania. That that was the, yes. the, the one of the big yeah. things. And I think Paul Orndorff. He's a, he's a huge guy. Great looking guy. Good looking like. Like yeah, physique, hell of a wrestler, dude. Just yeah, absolutely insane. incredible. Yeah, and he knows how to work. He knows how to do a wrestling he sells match better than Hogan. That's he's for damn absolutely sure. incredible. <laughs> hey, yes, you're, you're hitting all my talking points. So, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> like literally the only two talking points. <laughs> I mean, Mister Wonderful. Sorry, I was getting heated on the way over. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> you I, bet, know- I bet Paul Orndorff's not a racist. <laughs> yeah. He's not. He's not. <laughs> He passed away this week. Kind of a, a sad story, but uh, we want to honor him this week. We want to watch some Paul Orndorff matches. Uh, very fun guy. Uh, quick, uh, quick thing. Did you ever play uh, Mike Tyson's punch out? Oh, of course. How far did you get in the game? Did you Not ever beat very it? far, man. Like, you know, when I got older, I learned how to beat it. But as a kid playing it, no, I never got far. There's a character named Super Macho Man uh-huh. in the character and, and all the things based off of Paul Orndorff. <laughs> and they named him Super wow. Macho Man. Super Macho he man. is a Super Macho Man. He's a huge dude. He he, he was a running back in college, a fullback. Uh, had a... God, he's a big-ass fullback. He was a fullback. It's like <laughs> six, five, six, six. Yes. That's why he was he was, uh, he was drafted by the New Orleans Saints. Honestly, he's probably too big to be a full fullback. Mike Allstadt was like 5'11". Yeah. <laughs> yes, Cookie. You took my talking point. I was oh. going to talk about how he's a football player. Sorry, Sorry Cookie. You suck we'll talk bullshit. about that in a little bit more. Um, yeah. Very – one of the best stories of all time, right? One of the best, like, lore stories of professional wrestling. In WCW, 1994-1995 era, um, Paul Orndorff, at the tail end of his career, was a, uh, a booker, a, some guy to help the matches out and kind of get everything, a producer of the television show. Got into it with one, Big Van Vader and backstage, right? So he's trying to do his pre-tapes, and he says, Vader, get your fat fucking ass over here. We got to do these tapings. Vader didn't know much about Orndorf. Orndorf didn't know much about Vader. Vader started going at Paul Orndorf. Orndorf, who had just gotten out of the shower and still wearing flip-flops, beat the shit out of Big Van Vader in the locker room. They had to pull him apart. Cornette said he dropped him with one punch. Dropped him with one punch and then started kicking Vader in the head with the flip-flops. The Jesus. quote is, it sounded like two fish being slapped together. <laughs> <laughs> this man was a badass Paul Orndorff, folks. Uh, so let's talk about him, and let's watch some wrestling matches. All right, for our first matchup of the evening, one of the biggest money-drawing house show tours of all of WWF's history, Paul Orndorff, who was friends, then not friends, then friends, and not friends with one Hulk Hogan. Mike, you have got a great matchup between Paul Orndorff and Hulk Hogan. All right, we do. 
Paul Orndorff, Hulk Hogan, October 4th, 1986 for the WWF title in New York. That's right. Uh, and so it starts with a little bit of a, a history, history lesson where Orndorff apparently back in August had pile-driven Hulk Hogan in front of a crowd. And obviously um, that led to the, the series of matches that these two would have at house shows. And this is obviously on a Saturday night main event. Saturday night's main event, which is whenever um, Saturday Night Live was off during the summertime, they would air this during... Saturday Night Live's time slot on NBC. So uh, the video starts with a promo from Hulk Hogan. Um, and, you know, he, he starts by embodying and quoting scripture yes. about how God made the heavens and the earth and the Hulkamaniacs and that basically that must have been the fourth day for oh, no, yeah. the fourth day. God and essentially, he, he basically says that Paul Orndorff has shit on everything that God did. And Hulk Hogan <laughs> is there to to bring right to the world and and be what and do what needs to be done and right these wrongs. Um, so then we uh, we cut actually to the commentators who talk about Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff a little bit. It's Vince McMahon, it, Vince and McMahon, Jesse. and Jesse Ventura, which again is one of my favorite commentary teams of all, of all time. Yep. Uh, probably second to Jr. and and um, Lawler. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then we get over to Mean Gene. Mean Gene's about to interview um, <laughs> Bobby the Brain Heenan and Paul Orndorff, who are working together as a team. Um, and uh, essentially, Paul Orndorff cuts a promo, and he's basically like, "Fuck you, Hulk Hogan, you're a bitch." And then, like, <laughs> the one line that he says, "I'm gonna rip your heart out and put it on, uh, put it on the championship <laughs> yeah. belt," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I'm like, that's kind of awesome. And uh, so. We, and not only that, but Paul Orndorff's like, yeah, we're coming out to some music. And he comes out to Hulk Hogan's music. That's like Ooh. such a great heel move. It's, yeah. it's because, because the crowd pops a little bit because they think it's fucking Hulk Hogan. And what do you know? Paul Orndorff in his Mr. Wonderful jacket come out with Bobby the Brain. And he's there. And Hogan's pissed off. In fact, you know, Mean Gene tries to get one more interview with Hogan. And Hogan just kind of like little mans him and picks, him, picks up him up and puts him over there. And he says, get out of the way, Mean Gene. I got to go. And then uh, so he hits the... Uh, never started or stopped it, or never never stopped it continued to play and he, he comes out uh to the crowd pop that you would expect from an 80s hulk hogan um match starts quickly um obviously we're getting some big boys doing big things right um it's not nothing too crazy um at one point you know heenan tries to interfere hogan you know does his thing but that allows Orndorff to get the upper hand on Hulk Hogan because for the for the first little bit, Hulk Hogan was kind of just beating up on Paul Orndorff. And the emotions, like in the arena, very much eating every little thing that's happening in this and, match. And yeah, I mean, it's 86, right? So like the, for the most part, kayfabe is still alive. People kind of, you know, expect these things. But, you know, the first third to first half to even honestly to the finish, I was thinking exactly what Tolbert was thinking. Like Paul Orndorff, I mean, these guys are equally matched they look the same, like very similar. Paul Orndorff is who Hulk Hogan could or should have been, or Paul Orndorff should have been the one yeah. to usurp him because Paul Orndorff can talk, he can work, he actually sells. Amazing seller. Um, the, He's on, great at working the crowd. Yeah, and like, and and honestly, and that and that was the first thing I, I noticed was Orndorff's sell, and you know Hogan notoriously no sells everything, I'm um, particularly leading up to the the Hulk up. Yeah, but like. Orndorff is just kind of he, he gets he gets some Terry Funk wobbly legs, some rubber legs. Even Vince McMahon like mentions his rubbery legs because they just like going in and out. Looks really good. 
the one move Hulk Hogan did sell, I think was was a hundred percent real and <laughs> and it um so H- H- Orndorff is beating up on Hogan and somehow Hogan's like head and shoulders kind of get outside and so they're on the apron and Orndorff gets on the outside of the apron and runs and just does a like a, a drop knee drop right onto Hogan's it throat awesome right onto his fucking throat like. Yeah. Right onto his throat. Yeah. Um, Hogan then like rolls and flips into the, the timekeeper who are up right up against the, the ring. And um, and Vin- Vince McMahon's like shock sounded like, holy shit, that wasn't <laughs> like that was fucking killed. That Hogan. was gnarly. Yeah. Like, you just killed our cash like, cow. I'm, I'm pretty sure Hogan like let out like an audible, like, because <laughs> um, that looked 100% just clean. I'm going to land right on your throat. Um, and, and, you know, I, I popped. Yeah. I'm like, there you go, Paul. Show that guy what's up. Um, I mean, the, the match ensues. I like this kind of style of wrestling. It's punches, it's kicks. It's nothing too freaking crazy. Um, and it's back and forth. It's very WWF. Yeah. It's WWF big man wrestling, yes. which has its place in professional wrestling. And there's it, and bad big men wrestling matches, which are boring. This yeah, I thought this, was exciting. This is good. And honestly, I think it's Orndorff that makes it because he very much is so. selling like a, a lot of the knocks with big men wrestling is that they don't sell or that they don't. It doesn't look realistic where, you know, Orndorff takes an elbow. He sells the elbow where Hogan kind of takes a kicker and he's kind of just like, Bleh. yeah, Um we get we get further deeper into the match. <laughs> um, Orndorff is struggling a little bit. Bobby the Brain, being the you know consummate professional and manager <laughs> that he is, knowing what he needs to do, um, Hogan goes to the ropes to try to do like a what are those Irish whip thing, and uh, Heenan grabs his leg. <laughs> and and honestly, this <clears throat> but this is where uh, I think you know Vincent and, and Jesse are kind of making the match not making the match but like really just kind of like doing really well but this is why I love them where you know Vince is calling it clean and and you know what he sees and saying how you know I, I can't believe Paul wasn't disqualified for this interference and uh and Jesse's like no nah, man I think I think Hogan went to kick him and he just defended himself and I'm like <laughs> yeah thank you Jesse yes yes that was exactly what needed to happen yes um but the ref having, you know, you know, the wherewithal to understand the, the dynamics of the match and the, the characters involved, um, he calls in the police squad. <laughs> the NYPD. We get we get six or seven <laughs> police officers who <laughs> sling the Heenan <laughs> up on their shoulders <laughs> and parade him out <laughs> like 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 a <laughs> like every like. Middle East, like if, if a bomb goes off in the Middle East and they're it, doing a, a funeral parade. Yes. A funeral parade of, of yeah. somebody. Yeah. They're taking him out and he's just put, put me down, <laughs> put me down uh, the whole time. Uh, eventually he gets slung into the back. Looks like they lock him in a room. And he's just banging the door. He's like, I just want out. Let me yeah. out. Um, and, you know, we get some more big men wrestling. Um, Orndorf again gets one more kind of like push towards the finish to try to take out the Hulk. Um, Orndorff again gets into a position where he sets up, like he's going to pile drive the Hulk um, and, and everything kind of reverses and you get, you get the Hulk Hulk up and, you know, I'm watching this. I'm like, man, how did the frick did this guy get so over? Uh, but I mean, it's eighties and, you know, people look for that superhero figure and they, they want 
they 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 sometimes need that good guy in the 80s particularly weren't terrible but they weren't maybe great right i don't know and uh the crowd is just going insane and i'm like god man don't you guys know this guy's a racist <laughs> not yet don't you just not know yet. that he, he sucks as a human being i <laughs> don't know it yet. don't you know his kid's gonna kill somebody um but they don't they don't they don't so they just eat it up and you know it, it props to him like the, the crowd does go freaking wild and you could definitely tell that that's why hulk hogan was a draw for yeah 25 years yeah yeah. Um, not anymore, which I love. I love that he gets booed every time he comes out. <laughs> Thank God. Because everybody knows he's a garbage human being. Yes. Yes. Um, so I do, I do enjoy that now. Um, and then, um, you know, we Hulk hulks up all this sort of stuff. And then, uh, then we get, we get a fan running. We get a fan running this, um, what did Jesse call her? A fat old lady, uh, a, a sweat hog, sweat hog. Oh, um, and this it, woman, this woman, she just runs in. She's very big, She's built pretty well. And it ended up being, I just forgot his name. Adrian Adonis. Adrian Adonis. I mean, we've had an <laughs> we've Adrian had Adonis Adrian, match. He's incredible. Yeah. 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 And, and that's where I was like, oh my God, it's Adrian Adonis. And uh, so he starts beating up on Hulk Hogan. Bell rings, disqualification, obviously. Right. Then we get a Roddy Piper crutching out. <laughs> um, and he comes into the ring and he, he's kind of helping Hulk Hogan. Like kind he, of. He like, he like, He's crippled, like he's he's on a crutch. He's limping, and he uh, he swings the crutch and hits Adonis and hits um, Orndorff, and then you know Orndorff actually ducks out of the way on one, and he almost hits Hulk. So then Hulk and and, and Roddy have this like face off. He's like, "Man, bro, come on, what are you doing? I'm like trying to help you out here. Why are you getting all up in my face?" Um, and then he walks off, <clears throat> obviously leading to some setup for something in the future. Um, and then, you know, you get the Hulk Hogan just like doing the ear thing and posing and the crowd just eats it up. And I, I would love for professional wrestling to get back to that level. With it's going to be tough. I mean, it, it is going to be tough. I will say the crowd at dynamite was so freaking yeah. hot that like, it gives me hope that if you have good storylines, good characters that you can get to this kind of level where like, dude, if, if the crowd is eating it up. I mean, it's, it's everything. The wrestlers are going to vibe off that. They're going to perform better. They're going to be like the, the moment's going to feel bigger, which means then it's going to feel bigger at home. And it's just like, it, it puts it up on another level. And I really hope that wrestling can get back to that, even if it's on a smaller scale, but yeah, I mean, dynamite was hot. Like hangman pages over his F like, um, even, even, uh, Nakamura on Friday came out crowd just singing his song. And like, it's just, Live crowds, like professional wrestling needed live crowds back. And, you know, I'm super happy and hopefully we can get to this kind of level. Um, but then, yeah, Paul Orndorff, like he should have been Hulk Hogan. He should have been. Also, yeah. Paul Orndorff, full set of hair. Full set of hair. Till the day he died. Till the day he died. Hulk Hogan? No hair. No hair. He's got white trash, little, little, <laughs> little, little slivery, silky, thin garbage hair. With Wisps. A, with a garbage mustache. Um, garbage hairline. And I'm glad that I never got into wrestling early enough to have liked Hulk Hogan to then now hate him, where I can just come in and know that he's a shitty person and not enjoy his presence in current wrestling. I can respect what he did for the uh, the business the as a whole. and the business as a whole in the eighties. <clears throat> and I can appreciate, you know, the fucking money he made, but fuck that guy and fuck him for not selling Paul Orndorff shit more. 
Dude, it, Paul Orndorff had an amazing. Uh, he, he has an amazing pile driver. He's literally the same size as the pile driver is insane. Like he, he, once he does the <laughs> he's arms, literally down. the same size as Hulk Hogan, and getting Hulk Hogan's getting kicked in the chest. And you're not like not gonna sell this. Like, come on, man. Orndorff's like falling all over the ring like Terry fucking Funk. Like, let's go. Anyway, great match. Great match. Any great social match. media or or hits and shits? Um, no, actually, I, you know, I did. I would. I forgot to write a promo for Tolbert's disappointment with the widespread panic people. Um, all I can say is, you know, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Aaron has been posting some amazing Simpsons references. You have to, <laughs> good stuff this week. Um, and, you know, the Twitter algorithm just freaking blows now at this point where like you can't, you can't get anything over. No. Um, you need like, 10 retweets before it even starts to get any kind of traction. Yeah, we had a bunch of re- retweets this week and then nothing and, really and nothing, nothing happened. But uh, yeah, Aaron's uh, reference to the, what was it? The, the pin, pin pals, the uh, pin Homer pals Simpson's and, uh, bowling club and QT Marshall wearing his fucking <laughs> bowling shirt and his like yeah. his squad, which he does have a squad. I don't hate QT as much as the internet wrestling community. Oh, I do. QT. I do. I think he's terrible. Uh, really? I do appreciate what he does and what he's been doing for AW on the back end with like behind the scenes and stuff. But, right. Um, yeah, you know, we've been live tweeting a little bit of the the things and, you know, shout out wrestling fans and just, you know, follow us at number two dollar steak underscore Instagram, Twitter. Also, buy a shirt, buy a shirt. Let us know buy a shirt, <laughs> buy a fucking shirt. Um, Only but, if you're large or extra large, though. <laughs> no mediums. Did we, did we order zero mediums? Uh, no, we got five mediums. We did stereotype the wrestling community a little bit. as being chonky, chonkers, thick, thick boys, thick For boys. Sure. Uh, thank you, Mike, for that. Uh, let's keep on going. All right, Cookie, it is your time to shine. Cookie, the resident expert of Stars and Stripes, the greatest tag team in WCW early 90s. Uh, we've got the Patriot. We've got... Cookie's favorite, Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Yes. Cookie, you have got low-key one of my all-time favorite WCW tag teams. And I don't know why. I just loved Pretty Wonderful, which is Paul Orndorff and Paul Roma. Cookie, yes. tell me about your match. First off, the name, Pretty Wonderful. I mean, it's kind of cool. It's insane, right? Like, it's such about a it. fun little name. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know much about Paul Roma. But I, I will give Paul you a Roma. couple little things. Paul Roma, also a WWF wrestler. He was in Power and Glory, which was like a, a fun 80s, late 80s, early 90s tag team for WWF. He mm-hmm. then went to WCW, was a member of the Four Horsemen for a little bit. Not the best worker in the world, but he's got gotcha. a good look to him. He's very athletic, can jump like a motherfucker. Yes, he's, he he's, he's got some good ups on him. Not the best technical wrestler, but... I appreciate him for what he is. Pretty wonderful, uh, fun tag team. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. And uh, so you got Paul Roma, which Aaron just lists off his accolades or lack thereof, whatever. Um, and you got Paul Orndorff. Paul, okay. Paul Orndorff. Good Lord. Paul Orndorff. Mr. Wonderful. I'm just going to call him Mr. Wonderful. Okay. That's what, that's what he is to me. Uh, I was going to say, did you guys know that he's a football player? Aaron. Aaron I did not uh, know that, Cookie. Thank you. I, uh, yes, yes. Selected in twelfth round by the New Orleans Saints. There that's, you go. Uh, that's being selected by the Saints. It's still yeah. But did you know that he quit in training camp? I did see that. Yes, he quit football in training camp. I was like, wow, not a long career in football, but an even better career in wrestling. 
Um, guys, we got the return of Bobby the Brain Heenan on commentary. And you guys <laughs> know how much I love him on commentary. I you listen. I listen so closely to what he's saying because I just want to hear those out-of-date sayings and <laughs> the semi-racist saying say, something. The subtle racism of Bobby the subtle. Yeah, what, uh, what kind of inappropriate things did he say this time? Um, I will get to that in honorable mentions, okay. but right now. Because um, <laughs> you know he said something. <laughs> there, you know there's something. There's always something. But, uh, hey, Aaron, did you know Bobby DeBrain Heenan figured out the secret identity of the Patriot? I did, yes. He's from D.C. It must have been Al Gore. It was it's Al Gore. Be- that actually made me laugh out loud. It did. It, it got me. It popped me, too. I was like, that's not Al Gore. That's Devil Wilkes. I was thinking about it, and I was like, prove him wrong. Have you seen those two men in the same room? I haven't. See? It could be Al Gore. This was 90 what? 94? Not yet. This is right right as the, the Clinton administration was was hitting uh, its, its full steam. Al Gore could have been doing some side hustles was as, as the Patriot. <laughs> that would have been something. I don't know if Clinton was as, as yacked and as tall as as Dell Wilkes. You never know. He could have popped out of his suit like Superman. That's true. No. So who knows? Cookies top four. Number one. Paul Roma with the quick feet, the agility. He surprised me. I thought this guy was just going to be, I don't know, a very technical person, but he has hops. He has bounce. He he is a uh, like I said, he, he is a an athletic dude. Yes, Maybe not is. the best wrestler, but he, no. he can put on a show. Yeah, he can. Uh, after dropping Bagwell with a body slam, he like runs the ropes to the top turnbuckle, turns around on the turnbuckle with ease, and then drops a fish drop from the top rope. I was like, what the? I was not expecting any flippy shit in this match. And I got yeah. some flippy shit. So, hell yeah. I was a little happy about that. That got a cookie for me. Okay. Number two. You hear Roma in the background say, wind it up, Paul. I, and then Paul Orndorff has a seizure during the middle of the match. It's some type of dance move. I don't know what he was doing. He was jigging. He was reeling in a fish. <laughs> <laughs> I. It makes so much sense now. I, I get the motion. I get it now. He reels in the fish and then drops the elbow. I think this is one of the things that pretty wonderful, like, stood out so much in my yeah. mind when I saw that. I was like, absolutely incredible. Real men, So Paul. different. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I said, reel him in, Paul. Reel oh. it in. Oh, my God. It makes so much sense now. It was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I was like, you know what? I hope this team goes over at this point. <laughs> I was like, fuck Stars and the Stripes. I want to see the wonderful go over it. That, so that was actually one of the things I found a gif of that taunt. And he does this taunt throughout like his career and pretty wonderful. Right. Yes. <clears throat> it's something that I, I guess the, the audiences hate. And I loved it. Like, I thought it was just like so ridiculous and so like flashy and stupid at the same time. It ends up being yeah. like this hilarious thing. And uh, I found a gif of that. And I said that that was one of my hilarious, like, but badass taunts, my yeah. favorites of all time. And that, that was one of the things that stood out in Paul Orndorff to me. And people ate out the ate out of his hand for that. Like they hate oh, when I'm he sure. does this. Uh, they hate. I loved it. It was it's so anti Orndorff. Yeah. That I was just like, you know what? That that's his move. That's I if, if you can find another match of him just doing that. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I have it. plenty. I, I was thinking like that WCW run, like he does that all the time. Oh, perfect. I can't wait. I, I can't wait for the next one then. 
Number three. I've never seen someone jump too high and almost clear an opponent on a drop kick. But Roma almost does that yes. shit. He almost jumps. He almost clears the entire person. Like his right leg completely clears Bagwell. So he has to extend his left leg down and he barely catches him on the body. This man is, I, it's I don't know. It's crazy he, how great he is at jumping. He is. He's completely agile. He's, he's, he's phenomenal. Uh, Orndorff definitely dropped an elbow on Bagwell's dick right afterwards. Then <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they like clarified that it was not his dick. Yes, yes. Like, no, no, no. That was his his midsection. Bobby the Brain is going. No, the disqualification. What's going on right now? So I I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, from here I'm gonna go to my honorable mentions real quick. You know what I like in wrestling, Aaron? It's uniqueness. It's being different. And Orndorff does this, Mr. Wonderful, he does this, uh, not only with his uh, reel it in, but he also does it with his headlock takedown, turn around, reaches out for a tag. I don't know why. I just thought that was a little different. Uh, instead of just holding your opponent in the corner and then making a tag. Right. So, again, I love that uniqueness. Um, here we go with some great brainisms from oh, this match. Oh, God, here it is. Here it is. If the Lions had a kicker like that, they may have gone to the Super Bowl. Oh. Very sad, very sad, but especially in 1994. Uh, if you live to be 300, you may see the Lions win a Super Bowl. Damn, he's just... I guess they were in Detroit. Were they in Detroit they for were. this Halloween habit? I think they were. I think they were. And uh, the very last one, uh, the brain's best sound by the match. I would rather be here taking a dirt nap than to be in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Do the honors, please, Mike. Please, Mike. He would rather say the quote again, please. Uh, he would rather uh, be in Detroit. Take no, a, he would I'm rather sorry. be taking a dirt nap than be, be rather, in Detroit. He, well, yes, because yeah, Detroit's in Michigan, and we hate Michigan. Yeah, some would say, like, "Fuck Michigan." <laughs> there we go. Oh, damn, we had to like hand <laughs> feed that. Oh, no, out I, I, was, I was one. I was building it up. Two, Colin Moore Coward just. He's watching footer, golf. He's watching twenty golf. footer uphill, right, to, left to right break, which is a hard putt. All right, for all right, hater to make. Cookie, back to cookie section. Number four, uh, Number very four. exciting, a very it's exciting end to this match. <laughs> There's a very excited end to this match. Stars and stripes were kicking ass in the ring, not listening to the ref, of course, because they're kicking ass. The ref struggles to get the Patriot back into his corner. Uh, behind the ref's back, Bagwell hits Orndorff with his fisherman suplex. Everyone thinks that's going to be the win. And then Roma goes to the top rope and drops one of the best, like, I don't even know if it was athletic, but it was just a flailing elbow drop. Like, every limb in his body moved. So, have you ever seen FTR do the move where one gets superplexed, where, where Dax superplexes the guy, and then yeah. from the other turnbuckle... Yes. Dash jumps in and does that same sort of move and drops an elbow on the guy. Cash. Oh, Cash. Okay. Dash. Sorry, did I call him Dash? Yeah. Sorry, FT, FTK, FKA, Dash, now Cash. So Cash jumps off of the other one and does the like flailing elbow drop. It yeah. is a callback to Power and Glory, which was Paul Roma's other tag team. And Paul uh, Roma was known to do that move. It looks insane and it looks fun and it's yes. just a flailing mess, but I absolutely love it. It worked and it worked, Aaron. That was the last part about that. 
Orndorff, or sorry, Mr. Wonderful just rolls over, gets the pin on uh, Stars and Stripes. And guess what, boys? Pretty wonderful. They get the straps. And the fans pop. I thought they were the heels going into this match. They but They were? Well, yeah, fuck but it. They nobody likes they, Marcus Alexander. I heard a USA chant at one point, so I knew wow. Stars and Stripes were over. But, I mean, come on now. After that flailing elbow drop, you got to give it to the man. Give it to him his props. You have had two uh, Stars and Stripes matches in a row on this podcast. I have. I have. And I think Stars and Stripes lost both matches. That And we're fine with that. And that's okay. <laughs> That's all right. R.I.P. Dale Wilkes and R.I.P. to Mr. Wonderful. Aaron, this was a great match, though. Very entertaining. I like um, I like Pretty Wonderful. Uh, so I'm going to give this match four cookies. There you solid. go. It was a solid, solid match. match. Great match. We can't have all five cookies. It was still no. a good match. Great match, honestly. Thank you, and I'm glad that you're still alive and we didn't have to do a, a cookie retrospective episode. Uh, that would be very sad. But uh, for the future, Aaron, if there is a cookie retrospective episode, I want to hear, um, uh, what's that song? And, uh, oh, shit. Boys and Men. Come oh. On. Uh, Come on, Aaron. Really coming back. No, no, oh, no. It's, it's a retrospective. It's a retrospective. Come oh, on, at now. the end of the road? Okay. At the end of the road, it's yes. That's all I want to hear. That's it. <laughs> Cookie, uh, yeah, we, we will be playing that. Well, I, I will buy the I will pull a Tony Khan and buy the rights to, <laughs> to boys to men. We're using the T-shirt money for <laughs> just once. We're just going to use it once, brother. Just once. That's all we, we need live. And we don't post it. We can use whatever song. Yeah. We want. Yeah. For our final matchup of the evening, and quite possibly one of my favorite uh, Paul Orndorff matches oh, of all time. Incredible. Yes. yes. Uh, Tolbert, you have got Paul Orndorff against one Cactus Jack. <laughs> yes, and what a match it was. So this is WCW. I didn't see the year. This has got to be early. It's like 93. 90s, I think it's this 93 is... Super Bowl brawl. Super threat. Bowl. So interesting thing about this match, the link you gave me uh, was a daily motion link. The video quality on this was particularly high res. It was very time. good. Yeah. It was a great link, dude. Uh, the cameras are a little weird. So let me let me set the stage here. Paul Orndorff is giving a promo. He's in his Mr. Wonderful jacket. He's up front. Um Cactus comes out of nowhere. Well, so he starts his <laughs> promo and you hear like a thumping noise yeah. in the background. And it, it, it's such a fun little thing. Like in Paul Orndorff's. It's kind of like, like the bear Jew and yeah, glorious yeah. bastards. Yes. You know, he's, he's coming. <laughs> he's like, what is that noise? And then he's like, you finally see. Yeah. Uh, camera Come left. out of nowhere. Wow. <laughs> Screen left. Yeah. Yeah. He just cuts it, it right in the middle of the promo, cuts it off, swinging a snow shovel at him. Yes. Um, Holy shit. Damn, barely gets out of the way, man. <laughs> he, he trips and he's on the ground. And, um, uh, Cactus is just swinging at him on the ground while he spins on the way. But what I love is a great shot of a, a, a chase cam just going right behind Cactus all the way down the aisle. It's insane. And it is a, a beautiful shot. I was like chef kiss on and that one. Orndorff walking backwards on his, his all fours trying yeah. to like avoid. He's rolling out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, he is just slamming that shovel down, dude. Like if he missed times any of those rollaways, he's getting fucking smacked. 
with the shovel. But this sets the uh, sets the pace for a match, which is a, is a no holds bar, falls count anywhere match. Um, what I also noticed, there's no boom cams. This is all chase camera the whole time. Yeah, it's, it's all ringside, which worked brilliantly for this match, though, because it looks it looks great. All this, they got everything, man. Um, so it starts off, and you're like, "Oh shit, man!" Orndorff's in for a real doozy here. You got Cactus Jack, no holds barred. Um, Cactus just goes right for it, man. Starts beating up on him, dude. Fucking pulling mats up, dude. They're doing outside the ring spots. Um, but Orndorff is holding his own, man. He's taking these hardcore licks from Cactus, uh, but he's also delivering these punishing blows to McFoley, man. Just like really stiff slaps and punches. Uh, they don't pull anything. No, I mean, he, he's giving it right back mm-hmm. to him. It's it's a an intense match for the time. Like yeah, this would very feel intense for the time. Really, and Jasmine was watching it with me this morning, and she's like, "He's a fat Darby Allen," and I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, kind of." Like this is who Darby Allen wishes he looked like. This dude. would be something on AEW, and it yeah. would fit right in. It was hardcore, but they didn't take it too over the top, man. We have a snow shovel. We have. <laughs> outside of the ring and at one point we get a chair and that is it you know nothing well a knee brace comes into play at one point as well but you know very simple just simple hardcore you know they don't go backstage they get up back towards the entrance at one point you know but they they keep it within the confines where everyone can see yeah um so a few notable spots uh one is paul takes a, a suplex onto the concrete with the map pulled up Mm. Uh, you also see a sunset flip from oh, McFoley. From all right, Jeez. so Warndorf is, is standing up facing McFoley on the outside of the ring. Foley is on the top turnbuckle, does a sunset flip into like a small package roll up. But the way he just hits, he flat backs it on concrete from the top turnbuckle. It's absolutely disgusting. I don't know how he continued the move. Well, he missed it. He, he, well, he missed it, he but he flat backed and then grabbed one. It does a small package. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't know how he didn't knock the breath. I don't know how he's he still probably breathing, did. dude. He did the yeah. smack that made it sounded like if you were slap a ham. Yeah. And like, so, yes, yeah, it, it was just <laughs> smack. You hear people in the crowd audibly gasping and screaming. Yeah, I audibly <laughs> gasped at home. My gasp was sent retroactively back to the past, yeah. back mm-hmm. to the future to, to gasp at that match. Yeah, we get our first three count from that spot, or first two count, excuse me, from that spot outside of the ring uh, where Paul tries to, uh, or McFoley tries a small package of him. Uh, Orndorff gets pissed, man. He's like, you know what? Let's let's take this up a notch. Grabs Foley, dude. He is throwing him into the barricades. I mean, whipping him in hard, dude. At one point, they make their way up the runway. Orndorff Irish whips McFoley into the set of guardrails, and they're it's like a weird T setup yeah. where they had a you know a kind of a space for them to wrestle, and the crowd could still see. Um, when he whips him, McFoley does this crazy just backwards flip and flails off of the guardrails and hits the floor just as hard as he did like two seconds ago. Um, we get some cool, he starts working the knee through the guardrail and stuff and using that. And then we lead to a, a suplex where he just drops McFoley on his back. Back first onto the guard. Yeah. And he just bends in half, dude. It's absolutely <laughs> it disgusting. disgusting. Like oh, I man. saw that and I'm like, Paul and, and Mick are idiots. Dude, you know, Mick woke up the next morning, like just 
what the fuck man it, it probably popped every vertebrae in his back dude it's like the episode of the simpsons where uh homer has a trash can yeah. he's fixing everybody's back it's exactly how it was. <laughs> uh we make our way back to the ring though and after uh orndorff has been working this knee man he gets mcfoley back to the ring starts taking off the knee brace to uh further emphasize you know his, his knees messed up um well, Foley kind of uh, flips away a little bit and, you know, rolls outside to take a break. Paul decides he's going to end this. Mr. Wonderful goes for the chair, grabs the chair. We get a beautiful chair throw into the ring. Crowd loves it, man. Um, so was this before or after? I think the uh, the knee brace spot was a little before this. We have a second just nasty yeah. spot for McFoley. Right before this, uh, McFoley's getting back into the ring. He's on the apron, standing up. Paul hits him with the knee brace, but when he hits him, uh, the way McFoley sells it, man, he's just this huge flat back bump off of the apron to flat ground. But the way he just throws himself, dude, you hear a lady in the crowd scream when yeah. he does this. Well, yeah, he like went over the top rope and then like did the thing. Like it looked like he meant to like hit the apron, but then like missed went it. Went straight down. Smack. Yeah, uh, it's disgusting. Yeah, from here, uh, Orndorff gets the chair in. He's going to finish the match as McFoley is pulling himself back together. Uh, but he decides to take a second and pump up the crowd. He's like, who's the hardcore champ now, everyone? He's doing the. He's even doing he the, did the Hogan. Hogan. He, he did does the Hogan. the Hogan thing to the crowd. I, I think he just trolled Hogan in every yeah. every moment he could. Um, this gives McFoley a chance to grab the snow shovel. And as he is flexing and peacocking around, Foley nails his ass with the <laughs> shovel, dude, right to the face and gets the pin. One, two, three. But wonderful match. Uh, obviously, he's got more of a physique. He's a bigger guy than McFoley. But nothing was taken away from him in this match because he was so hardcore. He beat the shit out of McFoley. Right. And then took that shovel face shot and uh, let him get the pin, man. It was it was a great match, dude. It, it great is, match. I remember. Uh, I think he might have mentioned it in one of his books. Mick Foley was talking about this match, and it, I, it, it's something that stuck out in my mind. And I'm like, all right, when I'm picking matches that I, I we're doing, and I remember how disgusting this match was and how fun it was. So we picked it. There's no blood throughout no, the whole match. Not a drop. Dude. Not a drop of blood, um, but it's still one of the like. Ugh. Yeah, it, it's because it's they just sell. So I, I wouldn't even say they're selling. They're really <laughs> just beating the shit out of each other, man. Uh, this is what I want all hardcore matches to be. I want all hardcore, yeah. hardcore matches to be like this, man. Um, it was almost revin- reminiscent of Mox versus Janela. You know, that, right. that's like the last greatest hardcore match I can remember. Or seeing. like, yeah, like something like that or. Yeah. It, it, it was just a fun match. Yeah, it, was, it was great. Awesome. Uh, do you have a, a haiku for us? Let me, let me pull it up here. Where's my haiku? All right. Cactus out for blood. Wonderful Paul gets dirty. Shovel trumps the chair. Mm. Mm. Shovel does trump the chair. <laughs> we, uh, we're going to miss Paul Orndorff. He was a great professional wrestler. Should have taken the place of one Hulk Hogan, fuck Hulk Hogan, and mm-hmm. also fuck Michigan. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Boys, thank you for getting together. Next week, uh, Mike, you're going out of town, correct? I'll be on vacation, but I should be able to call in. You should be able to call in. We'll get you on the podcast. We're going to have some fun stuff. Tober and I are going to go down some water slides next Saturday. Yes, sir. 
Uh, and then we're going to go, we're, we're going to take our last push before we go. <laughs> take our last push. It sounds like we're, we're taking our last dump <laughs> yeah. before we go to the AEW show next week. Uh, boys, once again, thank you for being on the show. And thank you for listening to $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. <laughs>